Our scripture reading this morning is going to start in the book of Psalms, chapter 25. But you can also go over and mark the book of Isaiah, chapter 64. We'll begin reading in just a few moments in the book of Psalm, chapter 25. But I want you to also go over to the book of Isaiah, chapter 64. And you can mark uh, that place, and we'll begin in just a few moments in uh, the 25th division of the book of Psalm. Again, Isaiah 64, and begin reading this morning in the book of Psalm, chapter 25. The psalmist in the 25th division of Psalm is talking about God, how he needed God to protect him and God to give him guidance in his life. I want to skip down, if I may, for just a moment to the 11th verse. Psalm 25 and verse 11 says this, For thy name's sake, O Lord... Pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. This morning I want you to look at the center part of that that says, Pardon mine iniquity. For not only is there iniquity that's been committed, but there is a punishment. By the way, the word iniquity means a punishment for a sin or a crime that had been committed. Folks, I want you to know something What this morning, very quick, is that there is a serious punishment for sin. I know that man makes light of that, and man makes light of the fact that there's some sins different than others, and I, we, we can get into that sometime, but the idea is it's not just the individual sin, it's our sinful nature. Follow what the psalmist said in Psalm 25, in verse 11. Pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. I'm going to make an assumption here this morning and I will tell you I believe on the authority of God's word. There is not one person here this morning that is exempt from being able to having to say this prayer. Folks, we all need to come to that realization and and understanding that we all have a need for pardon for our iniquities. We know that there's some people that may live a better life or that, 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 that may do more for a community or a society better than another person or I said better, more so than another person. But in doing that, can you name me one person outside of Jesus Christ that did not need to be pardoned? Now remember when we talk about pardoning, it kind of translates even pretty close to what we talk about in the English language. Pardon does not mean that you're saying not guilty. What it means, they don't have to suffer the consequence for that. The consequence of hell that we can be pardoned from. Notice what the psalmist said. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. One of the very first places that people have to get to is that they need help. Before a person's ever going to recover, before a person ever will accept somebody giving them some food, they have to understand that they need food. Or maybe before a person can, can, can say that I need help finding a job, they have to admit they're struggling finding a job and they need help. It's coming to an understanding there is a need in your life and that there are some things that only God can give. Do you believe this morning... There are some things in your life that only God can provide. Folks, my prayer is every one of you this morning, whether you're nodding your head or in your heart saying, yes. There's some things that we cannot do for ourselves, but there are some things that God can do. And one of those is pardon mine iniquity. Who ha- 
has iniquity. Remember when we talk about the word iniquity this morning, it's a guilt. It's a punishment for the iniquities or the crime or the sin that is being committed. Let me ask you something. What does it mean to feel guilt? Do you think guilt is a feeling? One, it's not only a standing, but it's also a feeling. There's a sense of guiltiness. I can probably tell you several times in my life when I felt guilty and I had to fight with everything within me that I could hold back my emotions and my, my feelings so that people would not know that I was feeling guilt. I'm not just talking about it in a church setting. I'm talking about in a schoolhouse. And I can name you some, some pretty embarrassing moments where I knew that I was guilty, but it was all that I could do to hold back the idea that I was guilty and that I deserved whatever was going to happen to me. You've all never been in that boat, but I tell you I was, and I was in that boat more than once in my life. But you see, the psalmist got to a point, it says, that he said, he said uh, For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. Our sins in our life are, are great. The sins in our life I know that we have is a, is a great need. I want to turn over and read, and, and you can too if you want to, or I'll read it for you. Romans chapter 3, if I can turn over and read for just a minute. Romans chapter 3 in the 22nd verse says this. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, there is no difference. So what is there no difference in? Notice what he says in the next verse. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Folks, there are many people out there in this world today there may be people even in this very congregation that feels like the very point that they are at in their life is the very idea is that they do not deserve and that God would not send them to hell. Folks, the truth is, is that God doesn't. The consequence for our sin and our actions is eternal hell, fire, and damnation. That is what our consequences it would be. For the scripture says in that 22nd verse, for there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's one point that I believe that Paul was trying to make there in Romans chapter 3. Is that everybody has sin in us. Every one of us. I know we, we talk about some are better than others and some do more good than other people do. But the idea is that even the best of us today, folks, have an idea that for mine, mine iniquity for it is great. Do you really see the need for your sins this morning to be forgiven? Do you see the idea that, 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 that you and I are facing here today is that we have sinned and we have a great sin according to the psalmist. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. If I was to ask you this morning, what is the most obvious thing about human being? What would you say? What's the most obvious thing about us as, as mankind as we roam this earth? What is the one thing that we cannot hide? And that I believe this morning that the psalmist lays it out here is that we are sinners. You cannot hide the fact that you're a sinner. 
Now you might try to disguise it or you might try to cover it up. You cannot this morning hide the fact that we all need pardon for our iniquities for it is great. We all have this sin in our life. For the, Remember the psalmist said is that he's a sinner. He says, for it is great. It's one thing for you to come up here today and say that you're a sinner. It's one thing for you to come to church this morning and say, you know what? I am a sinner, but I'm not as bad as this person. Do you remember what the publican said? God to be merciful to me, a sinner. For there were others that said, I thank you, Lord, that I am not asked and started naming all these people that at least they were better than. Today, folks, when it comes to relationship with God, if you ever want to have a true, genuine relationship with God, remember today that we are all great sinners in the eyes of God. The psalmist got to the point where he says, for it is great. How did the psalmist see himself? Do you know what's easy for us to look at? It, it maybe you're different than I am. My human nature wants to look at others and see the sin in other people instead of looking at a mirror and saying, God, your word needs to apply to me and not just them. I have to see myself as a sinner. And the psalmist said, for it is great. I believe that the psalmist was talking about it is great. I believe it was great in the magnitude of it. And I believe it was great in the multitude of how many people it affected. Folks, sin is not like a cold or a, a, a virus that can be spread. Some get in and some may not. I believe, folks, today sin is something we all have. It's not like you're exempt from it, that, that you didn't touch something or you wasn't around someone and, and that, that, that you created this bubble in your life and now all of a sudden because you lived the right life or you stayed away from the right people that you're a sinless person. Folks, today we are all conceived in sin. You, you came in contact it's by your DNA. We were all conceived in sin today. And the psalmist comes to that understanding for he says, For it is great. A lot of people in this world today often would admit or maybe even acknowledge the fact that they're a sinner. But how many of us want to run to the front of the line saying, I am the greatest of them all? Do you remember what Paul said that he was the chiefest of all the sinners? In our society today, people might say, well, now Paul, you're being a little hard on yourself. Paul, you're being a little harsh on yourself. Look at these other people. They're doing far worse things than you are. But the idea is not the deeds that we're doing. It's the single deed of we are a sinner. And that we are all bound and destined for hell. But today because, for he says, for it is great. How great is our sin? If you held that place in the book of Isaiah, I want to turn over for just a minute. Isaiah chapter... 64. Do you think that mankind has a great sin and we need to be, quote, cleaned up? Do you think we need to be cleaned up? Amen. Folks, we all got sin in us. It's not about today. We can, we can kind of clean it up and polish it up all we own, but we really need to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So the, the question this morning might be this. Is man really sinful enough that Jesus had to die? Could, could there have been another method by which we could have been redeemed or cleansed or that we could inherit eternal life? The crime has to fit the punishment. Folks, it is necessary for Jesus to come, and I believe in that. It was necessary for Jesus to be born, to live, and to die a death and be crucified. 
And I believe with the resounding yes, we can all say Jesus was necessary. If you didn't have great sin in your life, Jesus would not be necessary. Would you want to go to a church that says Jesus is not necessary? Folks, Jesus is necessary. He's necessary in our church. He's necessary in our life. He is necessary for eternal life. Jesus is a necessity. We have a lot of electives in life. We elected to get into a vehicle today. You could have gotten here by some other means. Most of us elected to get in our own vehicles. Today, what things in our lives are elective versus what things are necessary? Isaiah 64 in the sixth verse says this. We are all. We are all as... Remember how I was emphasizing in the beginning the singular of this? We are all as we're unclean things. We're unclean. That one thing is that it has multiple effects, but we're all unclean. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Man sometimes thinks a lot more of himself than what we really realize who we are. Today I noticed this morning as I was driving into church this morning that sometimes a gentle breeze would blow and those leaves, this time of the year is a perfect picture. They would just turn loose. There's a beginning and there's an end. Every one of us, we already have the beginning of our life. We've got a birthday. Some of us have more than others. We're not going to worry about that. We've all got a birthday. But you know what else we all have? We already have a day that's already been determined that our life on this earth is going to end. It's already been determined. We're like the leaf one day and all of a sudden we're going to detach from that which is life and we're, we're, we're not going to have that life anymore. But you know what? One day we're going to be given that eternal life which means I believe in a resurrected Savior. I believe in a resurrected body and that's, that, that's something else we can talk about. But the idea is, is that the, the, the Scriptures teach us is that man has a need in their life that one of these days that we're going to leave this world and we are going to need God. If you hear people talk if you want to listen to your fellow man around you sometime, not necessarily the people in church, but just go out in the community today, we're not really a bad people after all. But folks, today I believe that we are sinners. And as the psalmist said, For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. When you think about how man looks at himself versus how God looks at us, notice what he says. We are all as an un clean things now unclean is the same word that we come from and, and, and uh, that we use with leprosy leprosy just means it's a lot like what we would consider with viruses and other things stay away from me I don't want, you know, they're talking about now even with, with monkeypox and things that are spread by, by, by contamination of touching and some things or diseases are spread by airborne and we're talking about how these things are. If you were a leper, the idea was is that the priest would look upon you and say, well, it could be a lot of things. You know how you go to the doctor, they could say, well, it could be an allergy in your eye, it could be pink eye, but there's a diagnosis. So the priest would look upon the skin and the priest would say, that's not something else. That's leprosy. You know what I believe in today? I believe the Holy Spirit of God will look at a person and tell them that they are a sinner. 
Our high priest, Jesus Christ, in the form of the Holy Spirit, will look at you just like he looked at me. He confirmed that I was a sinner. And you know what happened to a person that was given leprosy? They were considered unclean. So they had to go to the outside of the city. They had to go through a decontamination process, folks. If you're a sinner, you're going to have to become clean. If you're unclean, you've got to become clean. If you're contaminated, you've got to decontaminate. If you've got sin, you've got to become sinless. Preacher, you said that we can't become sinless. Our soul can be forgiven. Folks, I do believe this, that Jude tells us one day we will stand faultless before the throne of His glory. Our body may sin, but folks, He's not saving the body yet. The salvation comes of the soul. When He saves that soul, that soul is made perfect. So you go to the outside of the city, the very same agent, the very same person that says you have leprosy, you're unclean, is the very same one that tells you you are clean, folks. The same Holy Spirit that convicted me is the same Holy Spirit that told me that I was sealed on the day of redemption. You know what it means to be sealed, don't you? It means to be approved. Aren't you glad today that if you've been saved that you have something that doesn't have to meet the approval of man, that has met the approval of God? And folks, today, I believe that God has approved the work of the Holy Spirit upon this earth. He's approved the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. But you're unclean. And he says, all we are as an unclean thing. And when we are considered unclean like the leper was, you're forbidden. You're an outcast. You know what? People that are not saved people, they can go to church. And I don't want them to feel like they're an outcast. But the truth is, unsaved people are not the same thing as saved people. They have a different feel. They have a different experience. They have a different outlook on things, folks. When you're saved, you will totally have a whole new vantage point of what's going on in this life. For he says that we are all, he says, as unclean things. And he says, our righteousness are as filthy rags. Very recently, I found out what filthy rags. You know the biohazard bags that, that we, we, we glove up and don't want to touch because they're you know, taking care of you know, sores and all kinds of stuff. And we're like, that's, that, that's dirty. We don't want that. That's, that's contaminated. He said, our work is about the equivalent of what goes in those bags. Folks, today, when you tell me you've got something good, I'm like, your, your, your work's about what we put in a biohazard bag saying, don't touch it. Why do we put stuff in a biohazard bag? This is not a medical lesson, but the whole idea is is that when you touch those things, you don't want to contaminate yourself. Folks, today, something that is clean needs to touch something that is clean. Folks, we need to get a hold of Jesus. We need to get a hold of Jesus. A little leaven can leaven it the whole up. When we are saved people, don't try to cling to this world or other people. We cling to Christ. And when somebody else is clinging to Christ, guess what? We got some pretty good company now, don't we? All of a sudden when you're sitting in church, you're clinging to Christ. They're clinging to Christ. We're all clinging to Him. And now all of a sudden, all of us that are unclean, we become clean and we are following after Jesus, folks. That is our purpose in life. He said, your righteousness, your works, He said, are as filthy rags. Aren't you glad today that we're not going to be saved or we don't have a relationship with God based off our righteousness? For he says, we all do fade as a leaf. What happens to the leaves? They begin to change. Perfect timing right now. Look outside. The leaves that were green, 
Photosynthesis takes place. In other words, the, 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 the pigment's kind of leaving as you will, and all of a sudden, the leaves are losing their greenness and their true pigmentation or true colors, I guess you would say, are starting to come out. They're changing. Do you believe this? Let me ask you this about human beings. Do you believe we change the older we get? Some of you that's been around longer than I have, I can tell you this already in my life, I'm not what I was 10 years ago. I'm not what I was five years ago. I don't think anybody's going to say they were what they were because our bodies change. But that's the part of sin because, you know, the Garden of Eden teaches us that as soon as man sinned against God, death was right upon the heel of man. These children that have yet to even learn to speak and walk and talk, death is already on their heels. It's already chasing after them. They're going to go through a process where they're going to age. And sometimes people age faster than others. But they're all going to go through an aging process. And as the scripture teaches here, we all do fade as a leaf. Is there anybody here today? Is there anybody in our lives that can stay healthy enough to live forever? Now, don't take this wrong. I believe we can take better care of ourselves than what we do. That's not what I'm implying. What I'm saying is this. You can do everything perfectly right, but we're all still going to die. Every one of us. That's not any way around that. There's not any way. We want to prolong life. And that, I hope that goes with being understood. We want to prolong life. But we all are going to be like a leaf. For we all do fade as a leaf. Every one of us. In other words, we're kind of a, uh, we have a shelf life. We have a beginning and an end. For it says, our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. There's not a leaf out there right now that's going to blow off that tree. And you could probably look outside on a little breeze and see one. That leaf doesn't say, well, I want to stay here a little longer. That leaf doesn't have a choice. When God says it's time to separate, it's time to separate regardless of what they want, folks. A brutal, honest truth for you this morning is when God says it's time to go, it's your time to go. That's it. We, it and that's hard for us. We, we want to stay. We want to prolong. And we want to make things even longer. But there's going to come a day for our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. One of these days, we all are going to pay the price of sin. What is the price of sin? The price of sin is death. For we see in the book of Romans again, it says in the fifth chapter, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Folks, today, I hope that you know this. If you don't, I'm going to tell you this. You do not have power over sin. Sin has power over you. But I'm going to go a step further than that. Sin does not reign and have more powerful than my Jesus I'm thankful today that He reigns over sin. That even three days later, He rose again. And after His 40 days on the earth, He ascended up into heaven. Why? Because He is victorious. Aren't you glad today that you and I today, even though that sin may be more powerful than us, it's not more powerful than God. Aren't you glad today that we have that hope for our iniquities like the wind have taken us away? Who do you turn to? What do you uh, to look to today for, for the guidance you need in your life to get you uh, through what you stand in need of? For I want to go back to the book of Psalms for just a minute. For thy name's sake, pardon mine iniquity. The greater the sin the greater the pardon. What do you think that man is being 
pardoned from? A small offense? Do we do something to just a little slap on the wrist? Folks, today, remember the sin and the consequence, the crime and the punishment have to meet up one with another. Today, folks, Jesus didn't overreact when he died for sin. It was the equivalent of what man had done, that they had crucified and killed an innocent man by the name of Jesus. That's what sin had done. That's what sin did for mankind. It says, for thy name's sake, pardon mine iniquity. Let's go to the other end of this for just a minute. Do you think there are people today that feel that they are just the absolute worst thing that could ever happen and the sin that they have committed cannot be pardoned by God? Do those people exist? I'm just a terrible person. I'm a bad person. There's no good in me and God would not even want to save a person like me. Folks, do not underestimate the power of God for even the most wretched of sinners God can save. It's not that you're too bad. You can, you can sometimes think that you're too good. But we have to realize is that, that we are never outside of the reach of God. Maybe you're here this morning or you hear us this morning and you realize is that I'm not worthy of being saved. Hey man, none of us really are. Maybe you're here this morning or you hear us this morning and you're, you're telling yourself that I've done so much bad in my life that God cannot save me. Do not underestimate what God can do. For God today says, for thy name's sake, folks, today He can save us, but it's not because of what we've done, but it's because of His Son, Jesus. That's what we read about. And the Scripture teaches us that, that, that He saves us uh, today for the book of Ephesians. I'm going to read this to you, the fourth chapter and the 32nd verse. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Folks, today God is not saving us because that we've earned it. He did it because of the work of Jesus is done on Calvary. Today we see that the psalmist tells us in the eighty, uh, excuse me, in the twenty-fifth psalm. There it says, "Pardon mine iniquity, for it is great." Do we need to have our iniquities pardoned? If you're there in Psalms, turn over just a few books to the 86th division of Psalm for just a minute. Psalms 86. Let's read verse 5. For thou, Lord... Art good and ready to forgive. <laughs> you ever you ever been caught off guard in life and you're not ready? You ever been you ever done that? Do you think anybody right now is going to seek after the Lord and he's like, wait a minute, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to forgive. I don't have what I need. You know what that means? If you're not ready, that means you're not prepared, folks, today. God is prepared to change your life. Do you believe in that? I believe that right now God wants to change the life of an unsaved person. I believe God wants to change the life of saved people that we might have a dependency upon Him. For the scripture says, For thou art Lord, art ready to forgive, and plenteous is mercy unto all of them that call upon thee. 
I tell you that I'm ready to get on a plane once my suitcase is packed, my ticket's been purchased, and I have all my necessary stuff. Folks, today, God is not coming unprepared to change your life. He's ready. He's prepared. He has what He needs in the, in the form of the Holy Spirit of God. And I believe today that, that God is not going to tell you that a road is, is ready to be traveled upon unless it's ready. If God is working, God is ready. If God is moving, God is ready. And the psalmist said in 86 Psalm, in the fifth verse, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. Who has the preparation to be done? Let me ask you that. Read the wedding invitation in the New Testament. The ones that received the invitation didn't have to go out and prepare the great feast at the wedding. They just had to heed the invitation. Today, folks, you do not have to get ready to get saved. You don't. There's not anything that you've got to go out here and fix first. What you have to do is surrender and heed the invitation. That's what you've got to do today. And if you're here today and God is speaking to you, you have to understand there is no preparation on your side. For he just simply said, for thou art good, he said, ready to forgive. The, the workings on his part. And he says, and plenteous and mercy unto all them that call upon thee. You and I are ready to perish. You and I are ready for eternal life in hell. But God's ready to change your status even right now. Today, do you believe that God is ready to change you? Do you believe that God is ready to, 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 to work a work in you? For I'm going to go back to our scripture in the Psalm 25 for just a moment. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. For thy name's sake, O Lord. I believe that the psalmist was going to benefit from this. But in that, what he's saying is, if God delivered him, God was going to be glorified. I want to tell you this, I believe about heaven. There will be absolutely no glory to us because of what we've done. All glory will belong unto Christ Jesus. Every single bit of it. And I believe He's worthy of that here on this earth. I believe He's worthy of our service this morning that we might praise and adore Him because if it's our righteousness, it's like filthy rags. I've already read to you that in Isaiah. Our works and our righteousness are like filthy rags. But for Thy name's sake, O Lord. Today, folks, if you're ever going to be pardoned, if you're ever going to be forgiven, it's going to be because of the work of the Holy Spirit of God. For He says, For Thy name's sake, O Lord. We're saved not because God owes us or because we're entitled or because we've earned it. Folks, today, we're saved today because of the works that God has done through His Son, Jesus Christ, and the atoning work of His Son, but through the forgiveness that we receive when the, through the Holy Spirit of God that is applied to our soul. Are you thankful this morning that God desires to save us and that God is willing and God is desiring to be merciful for us? This morning, I've thought about this verse quite a bit. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. God bless you this morning is my prayer. I want us to get a song.